Man prepares his plans, but God guides his steps. That was a scripture that was brought to me, um, just brought to my mind. Friday, um, as I was preparing the sermon, finishing preparing the sermon, uh, now I know why God allowed me to struggle so hard with it, with everything that's taken place. But it, that scripture's also reminded me that, you know, a lot of people think that we just do things because we do things, but we do try to seek God in everything that we do. Um, one of the things that we do here at Harmony Grove every year is we take time to pray over our teachers. Thankful we got to do that Sunday. And the Sunday after we pray for our teachers, we always pray for our students. And we're not going to miss out on that opportunity today. We are going to do it a little bit different. I am going to ask for all students to come forward, but I'm going to ask for parents to come forward with their students. So at this time, if you will, and I'm going to be with my kids, okay? I've already asked Aaron to pray over us, but I'm asking you, if you have a student in the school system, homeschool, whatever, getting ready to go in back into school, I'm asking you, please bring your kids up here now. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you so much for the fact that we do get to go back to school this, this upcoming week. And Lord, I pray that every, every student here, every parent here, Lord, I pray that you would just give them wisdom. I pray that you would give them wisdom and encouragement as they go and face the days ahead. Give the parents wisdom to... Not only just raise up their child, but disciple their child in a manner that would be worthy of the gospel. Lord, I pray that these students would be light in the community, at school, on the field, at their extracurricular activities. Lord, I pray that, that they would be a light of the gospel, a light of Harmony Grove, to impact not only the community, but the next generation that follows. Lord, I pray that they would trust in you with all their heart, that they would lean not on their own understanding and in all their ways that they would acknowledge you as the difficult days lie ahead. And Lord, I pray that you would give the parents strength to seek you, to love you, and more importantly, to love their children. We love you. We thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come back down.
If you will, while everybody's making their way back to their seats, go ahead and turn with me. In your Bibles, we will still continue on with Hebrews. We'll be in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Today we're going to be only be in three verses. Verses 14, 15, and 16. This week we realized how fast our worst fears can become a reality. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad as some have experienced. But at the same time, let's not minimize this. It was a horrible situation. It was a horrible situation that gripped every parent, every teacher, every faculty and every administrator with fear. And while I'm extremely thankful that things were not worse, personally, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I'm still wrestling. I'm still wrestling with a lot of questions. What? How? Why? What's next? So many questions have been flooding my mind, my heart, and it's been difficult. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Friday, Friday was an extremely hard day to finish a sermon. I had struggled all week to finish the sermon. It's funny, because me and Aaron and Tommy and Jerry were talking about it, and Jerry told me, he said, I know what it's like to struggle, because he's been there too. But I was struggling because, not because of what the scripture was saying, but necessarily how it needed to be presented. Man plans his steps. Man makes his plans, but God guides his steps. I had no idea I'd be preaching this scripture on this day. Back in May, when I first started praying about going through the book of Hebrews. But what I found in this scripture absolutely amazed me over the last two days. And I want you to know something in this scripture. I didn't find the how, what, why, and what next of what happened in Thursday's situation. But I did find the what, how, why, and what's next of our response to Thursday's situation. And today I want you to clear your mind. Even though I know it's hard, I want you to clear your mind as we dig into this scripture, as we dig into this text, not what we want it to say, but what it actually says to us in this situation and many other situations to come. As a pastor, I struggle with this. I, I, struggle, I struggle when situations happen. Do I stop everything and preach specifically on the situation that has just taken place? But I was reminded as I was reading this scripture that this scripture was wrote because of a situation. This, this scripture was written because of a situation that was taking place. And the more we get into the book of Hebrews, you're gonna see what the real part of that situation is. Hardship had come. Hardship had come 
to the Hebrews, the believing Hebrews. And the reason the writer of this book even penned it was because he wanted to remind them that Jesus is better. He's better than anything that we could ever expect. He's better than the prophets. He's better than the angels. He's better than our heroes. And today we start off realizing that he is better than any priest, pastor, or bishop that we can ever have. So if you will, read with me. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Pray with me. Father, our hearts and our minds, I wish I could say they're completely focused. But even mine, Lord, is very scattered. And Father, I know that you've given us scripture to help us in times like this. And Father, it is my prayer this morning that we find what you have for us in this scripture, not what I want it to say. Because Lord, in this scripture, there is an appropriate response to not only this situation in our life, but also many other situations that will come about as well. Father, as we sung that last song, the words of John in Revelation come to mind. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. But Father, we do not know when that may be. But even as we wait, even as we anticipate, even as we look forward to you coming back to claim your children, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to remember this scripture always as a way that we can respond when difficult times come our way. Father, as always, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a brain and a heart mind to understand what your word has for us this morning. It is our desire, Lord, as always, for you to be exalted through our prayer, through our praise, and through the proclamation of of your word. And this morning, Lord, I just pray that you would use your word to speak to us. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. And thank you for what you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What? How? Why? What next? Questions that we've all wrestled with. And no, we're not going to find the answer to every situation that happens in our life through this one piece of scripture. I will tell you, we do find the answers to every situation in the scripture. But this scripture right here deals specifically 
with how we respond. The first question isn't about what happened. The first question is, what do we do in response to this? And in verse 14, he gives us a very clear command. Hold fast to the profession, to our profession. So let's talk about this for a second. What is our profession? Our profession is Christ alone saves us. He is our savior. He's the one who rescues us in our greatest times of need. He's the one who has rescued us from our sin. He is our king. He is the one that we belong to. But he is also our Lord. This means that he has power, authority, and influence over this. And the reason this is so important And the reason this is something that all of us should grab a hold on to every time some situation of trial, tribulation comes our way is because this is where we find our comfort. We find our comfort in times of need in this profession. I like having things in control at my house. Ever since I got two boys, that doesn't happen anymore. I have zero control. And this week we were reminded, we were reminded, we have zero control of the situations that, we're going, that are going on around us. Thursday, I'm sitting at home trying to work on a sermon. Get a phone call from my wife. My brain starts going in overload. The first thing I think about, I've got kids at First Baptist. So I call First Baptist. Make sure that everything's taken care of then. Then I call Jennifer back. Then I get in the car and I run to First Baptist because I wanted to be sure that those kids were safe too. But during that time, I realized something. There are times in my life that even though I won't control, I have zero control. I cannot control my heart right now. I can't control that it will beat the next time after that one. And after that one, and after that one. I can't control my lungs that are breathing right now. Sure, I can hold my breath, but even to a point of holding my breath, there will be a point that I have to gasp out of desperation for that next breath. And you know what? During this week, that's all I felt like I've been doing. I feel like I've been gasping for my next breath. The reason our profession should give us comfort is because even in the middle of chaos, we have a Savior, we have a King, and we have a Lord who is still in control. Friday, as me and Aaron were sitting and talking and iron sharpening iron off each other. We were talking about what we need to do in response to this. And the first thing that we come together, put our heads together to do in response to what had happened is, first thing we knew, we needed to call our teachers. We divided up our teachers and we started calling. He called a couple, I called a couple. I didn't tell him I called a bunch more after that because I know a lot of people in this town. 
But the one thing that I could not help but hear in every one of our teachers' voice and all of our administrators' voice was despair. And rightfully so. And you know, we get to look back at it now and some even say, and I've even heard this, I'm not looking on the Facebook, but I've even heard what some people are saying. It's not as bad as it could have been. No, it's not, but it was still bad. It's still bad. And our teachers, our faculty, and our administration had a very bad day Thursday. Because a lot of them heard the call and simply thought it was a drill. A lot of them had to move desk in front of their door, just like they would in preparation for a drill that they have for a situation just like this. And I know some people say, we shouldn't have, have to have drills like this. Well, we do. And I'm thankful they're ready. But as I was talking to one gentleman this week, and I was talking to him about what he went with. See, his situation was completely different because while he was at the middle school barricaded in, he then found out that this was a reality. And he found out the reality that it was taking place at the school where his wife was. And I could hear the desperation in his voice of just what he had went through. We all have moments like this. We all have moments to where we're so desperate for something to take place. It's just like we're desperate for that next breath of air. And the writer of Hebrews is wanting to remind us that the one thing we need to do is we need to hold to our profession. Because our profession lets us know that there is more to this world than just right now. It lets us know that even if our bodies stop breathing, we still live. It lets us know that there is hope for a better day. But never forget, it lets us remember that even in the middle of chaos, we have a king, we have a savior, and we have a Lord who's still in control. The helplessness I felt as I talked to these teachers, I'm going to tell you, I felt absolutely inadequately equipped to minister during this time. We've never had to minister to something like this. And that's why I found so much comfort in this scripture. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to that confession. So in any time when a situation like Thursday takes place, Remember this, the first thing you need to grab a hold of is you need to grab a hold of Jesus. Amen. The second question in response, in our response to what's taking place is how, exactly how does this profession bring comfort? Sure, we know the control element, but there's another part that we can find comfort in through this and then we find it in verse 15. It says, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. 
One of our biggest weaknesses that every single one of us have is we have a weakness of understanding, okay? We want to understand why things happen. I want to understand why my hair is falling out. I really want to understand that. I want to understand, is there a way that I can do anything not to look like Ricky Tanner? And understanding is one of those things that we all struggle with. We can't understand why we have the life that we've been dealt. We can't understand why things like Thursday took place. We can't understand how did it happen? Why did it happen? Or what's next? And this is where this scripture, this scripture really sets in with me. Because it says he sympathizes with us in our greatest need. One of my biggest frustrations is when I'm having a problem understanding things. I struggle with why other people can't understand why, what I'm going through. You know what I mean? I'm not sure how many teachers are in Union County School System. I'm not sure of the exact number of administration. I'm not sure of the exact number of faculty. I'm not sure of the exact number of school, of, um, school bus drivers, maintenance workers. I'm not sure of the exact number of students. But I can tell you one exact truth, that not everybody responds the same to a, to a situation. Everybody responds differently. And I struggle with this. As a pastor, I really struggle with this. I've told y'all multiple times, don't tell people when they're going through a hard time, I know how you feel. No, you do not. No, you do not. Because some people can go through the experience, the death of a lost one, and some people are at peace with it, while some people are completely wrecked. Some people are absolutely saddened by it, and some people are actually joyful of it. We all go through situations differently. And it bugs me when even my wife can't understand why I am feeling the way I am feeling. And that's why this part in verse 15, he sympathizes with us in our greatest need. Understand what he's saying. He understands what you're going through. He knows the feelings. He knows your fear. He knows your questions. He knows what you are experiencing and exactly how you are experiencing it. He comprehends what we are feeling when no one else can. In Philippians 4, 7, this is one of my verses, go-to verses, whenever a death takes place, a sickness takes place, or a disaster takes place in people's life. But it says this, it says the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, that's understanding, will guard your heart and it will guard your mind and it does it in Christ Jesus. He understands what's going on in our brain. He understands what's going on in our heart. He understands the wreck that we are inside. And when no one else has the same feelings that we have, Jesus still knows exactly what we're going through. 
But Scotty, how does this bring you comfort? Man, I'm thankful that somebody understands me. Because there's days that I don't even understand myself. There's days I don't even understand why I wrestle with the things that I wrestle with. There's days that I don't understand why I am made up the way I am. There's days I don't understand my anger. There's days I don't understand my bitterness. There's days I don't understand the lot that I've been dealt. But the one thing that I can know, even when I don't understand, is that Jesus knows me, he understands me, and he knows right where I'm at. That brings me comfort. That brings me comfort. Because listen to this. If you want to take one thing from this message, listen to this. Jesus gets you. Jesus gets you. And no matter how messed up you are, he still loves you. He still loves you. So, we've dealt with the what of how we respond. We've dealt with the how of, why, of how we respond. Now let's deal with the why. Why is it that Jesus can sympathize with us? Well, there on in verse 15, it says, he was tempted in all things as we are, yet he was without sin. You ever thought about this for a minute? We're going to go theologically deep here for a little bit, but we're also going to go eternally deep here in us too. Jesus has experienced the same temptations that you have. Jesus has experienced the same feelings that you have. Jesus has experienced the same heartache as you have. Jesus knows what it feels like to be you. How is that? How is that? How is that when he did not really experience giving in to sin the way I've experienced giving in to sin? I'm going to be honest with you. I see him Thursday. I had a very unholy anger about me Thursday. That unholy anger moved on into Friday and it was a bitter unholy anger. It was hard for me to be around Friday. It was hard for me to be around anybody Friday. So how is it that Jesus knows what, he, what it's like when he didn't experience the sin that I spend. Well, let's go deep. Theology and in you. If you truly believe, if you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you truly believe that Jesus Christ led a sinless life, and if you truly believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and was resurrected on the third day to show his victory over death and over sin, where does he reside? Where does he reside? Where? In you. In you. He resides in you. Think about this for a minute. Because again, this is theologically deep and it's internally deep. He resides in you. 
So he does know what you're feeling. He does experience what you're experiencing. And he is afflicted by your afflictions. Isaiah uh, 63 verse 9 says this. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them in his love and in his mercy. And he redeemed them. And he lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. We struggle with this whole thing about, well, how does Jesus know exactly how I feel and what I'm doing? Well, if you're a believer, he is in you. And he's experiencing the same things that you are experiencing. He's going through the same heartache that you're going through. He's going through the same pain that you're going through. And you know, where I struggle at with this is because when I think about Jesus being with me everywhere and inside of me everywhere, then I start to think about, man, I've taken Jesus some places that I shouldn't have took him. I've taken Jesus places that I shouldn't have took him. I've did things with Jesus in me that I shouldn't have done. Let this settle for a minute. Let this settle for a minute. Because a lot of us don't realize the whole concept of true repentance. We think it's just about being sorry. No, it's about losing the desire to sin. There's things that I will not do in front of my wife because it's disgraceful to her. You get me? There's things that I won't do in front of my kids because it's disgraceful to them. There's things I won't do in front of my mama because it's disgraceful to her. But yet, do we really think about who resides inside of us? Let that settle for a minute. The reason, the reason Jesus did not sin but still experienced sin is because of us. He experienced the sin of every single one of us on the cross. It was all brought on him at one time. And this is why, this is why in your times of despair, he knows what you're feeling. He understands what you're going through. He's experiencing what you're going through. Why? He's here. He's here. Yes, he has passed on through the heavens. But he is here. He was there Thursday. He was there Friday. He was there yesterday. And teachers, I want to remind you of something. He'll be there tomorrow too. He'll be there tomorrow too. This leads us to the last response of the scripture. We went through the what, the why, the how. And that leaves us with the question that often bothers all of us. What's next? That's a question I wrestled with a lot over the last couple of days. 
None of us thought that this day would ever come. I hate to say it, but we almost become a statistic. We didn't ever think something like this would take place in little podunk Blairsville. But it did. And that brings about a lot of fear. That brings about a lot of anger. That brings about a lot of sin. So what's our response to what's next? Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you, but I struggle with going to the throne. I struggle with going through the throne because of still the stuff that I deal with in life. You know what I'm talking about? I still have that same battle so that I've got to get my life in order to really be able to go through to the throne. I feel like I got to take care of a couple of sins in my life, whether it be anger, whether it be bitterness, whether it be frustration with driving. But what amazed me when I read this scripture the most, and I want you to think about this, because we all struggle with going to the throne for some reason or another. Maybe it's a sin that we're dealing with. Maybe it's an issue that we're dealing with. But he's telling us to come with confidence to the throne of grace. And we struggle to come to the throne because of our sin. We struggle to come to the throne because of who we are. And what gets me the most is the reason that we should approach the throne of grace is the exact same reason that we don't approach the throne of grace. We should approach that throne of grace because we are weak. We should throw, approach that throne of grace because we need help. We should approach that throne of grace because we are wretched. But we let Satan whisper in our ear, you can't go there. You can't go there. You can't go there because of what you did in 1987. You can't go there because of the way that you talk to your kids and your wife. You can't go there because of the anger that you have towards your family. You can't go there because of that secret sin that you have that you think nobody else knows about. You can't go there because you are not worthy. Brothers and sisters, we don't approach the throne of grace because we are worthy. We approach it because he is worthy. And he is there. And we want to be where he is at. And he is in us. And we desire to be with him. So approach it. Approach it boldly. Go in there like you don't belong. You ever went somewhere you didn't belong? You ever, you ever walked in somewhere like you didn't belong somewhere? Man, I walked in the Biltmore house one day. I acted like I belong there. I sit on one of the chairs, but I got kicked out. Don't sit on them chairs. Went downstairs, wanted to go in the swimming pool. Tried to, don't do that either. They'll kick you out. 
But there's a boldness about us when it comes to coming, going somewhere that we don't belong. We want to do it, don't we? We want to go where we don't belong. So why is it that we're so hesitant to approach that throne? If there's anywhere else in the world, we'd go. But this is the one place that we've been commanded to approach with boldness, to approach the throne room of grace. And you know what, naturally, naturally, instinctively, we treat approaching the throne room of grace as a last resort. But this scripture tells us that it's our first response. It's our first response. Most of you knew, know I grew up as a mama's boy. I ain't ashamed. I love my mama. There's days I still want to climb up in her lap. <laughs> Y'all do too, don't lie. I know you. I know you. Eli, when's the last time you climbed up in mama's lap? Okay, you see, he admits it. <laughs> There's days that I still want to climb up in my mama's lap. You want to know why I want to come up, climb up in my mama's lap? Because when I'm in my mama's lap, I felt comfort. When I'm in my mama's lap, I felt peace. When I'm in my mama's lap, I felt secure. And you know, part of the reason that we do that is because we look at our mo mothers as our creator. But that's not the truth. The truth is we have a creator greater than mama. Sorry, moms. Got to exalt Jesus for a little bit. But he's the one that desires for us to climb up in his lap and tell us everything that is going on. Our first response to any situation that we go into should never be going into emergency activity. We shouldn't be going into emergency activity or emergency response. We should be running to the throne room of grace. When we approach the throne room of grace, let me tell you what we find. We find mercy and grace. Mercy and grace is what we find. Mercy and grace is what we need. Mercy and grace is what we receive. But I want to remind you of this too. In times like this, mercy and grace is something we need to give as well. There's no right answer to fix what took place. No earthly answer, that is. But there is a place that we can go. And this is a place that we have been told to boldly come to. And this morning,
This praise team comes up. I want to give you the opportunity to come boldly. Some thinking, Scotty, we've already prayed. No, we haven't. For those who don't know, First Baptist is leading a prayer thing tonight at the high school field. Uh, They were going to do it anyway before this even took place, but it's open to everybody. I've got small group tonight, so I'm encouraging you to go. I'm encouraging you who don't have a small group tonight to go. So, but Scott, that's another church. No, that's brothers and sisters. Go. Pray. Pray for our school. Pray for our faculty. Pray for our administration. Pray for our teachers. Pray for our students. Pray for God to show us mercy and grace when we need it the most. Father, no, we don't have the answers to what's happened. But we do have the answers to how we respond. You've commanded us, Lord, to come boldly before that throne. And Father, there are so many times that I just don't feel worthy. But I'm thankful, Lord, that even though I am not worthy, that there is someone who is worthy. And he is sitting there right beside you, Lord, interceding on behalf of my needs. Father, I pray that we would not allow the one thing, our sin, to keep us from approaching the throne room of grace when that is what it is for. You've commanded us come before you. So this morning, Lord, as the praise team sings, Lord, I pray that you would help us to come before you so boldly, Lord, whether it be in our pews, or whether it be at this altar. Help us to approach you, Lord, with the confidence of knowing that you are God. That even in the middle of chaos, you're still in control. With the confidence of knowing that you get us, you can sympathize with our ever need with the confidence of knowing that you indwell us. But also just help us to be obedient to your command. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. 
If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.